All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I think some of you also don't know me, maybe because it's my my first time preaching, and also because my wife and I we moved to Blantyre. Um, yeah, just because, just I think a week or two before we had our first case and we closed the church. So maybe some of you you never really got to to know me. But my name is Benjamin. My wife is at home. She's not feeling very well at the moment. So you can you can pray for her. Feeling a bit dizzy, but um, yeah. So what we basically do, we've been um, we've arrived in Malawi in December 18, and uh, stayed for um, yeah until March or April this year in in Zalewa. That is a, an, an hour drive from here. That's where we work. We work at a small NGO that provides uh, education there for for the kids that can't afford uh, to pay the school fees there, uh, which are plenty in that area. Um, and I've just moved to Blantyre just yeah a week or two before COVID hit us. Um, so yeah, those of you who don't know me now, you do. <laughs> and um, yeah, but we've en- enjoyed Blantyre so much. I think you'll agree with me that Blantyre is much cooler than Ilongwe. Um, like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like ten out of ten days, Blantyre. <laughs> um, and and especially right now, isn't it, with the jacarandas in full bloom. I mean, it's just beautiful. This city is just beautiful. So whenever we drive at the highway past the, the Polytechnic, we just marvel at all these trees and, um, yeah, the, the beauty, really. Um, so Blantyre is always beautiful, but even more so in October, September, and we've really enjoyed it. And one thing that um, I enjoy or that fascinates me the most about Malawi is, is the diversity in landscapes and, and especially also trees. Um, I know we've got a big problem here with deforestation, but the, the, the diversity that we have in on all these different tree species is, to me, comp- just mind-blowing, really. Um, that every tree has a different purpose, something else to bring to the table. Some produce fruit, like the mango trees behind us, masuku, um, manaches, whatever. There are so many different fruit trees, right? Others produce very strong timber. Others uh, are good for agroforestry. Uh, we talk of Nsangu, who, which, which binds the nitrogen in, in the soil. And it's just amazing how God is using these trees and has created this, this um, diversity. And every tree has its own characteristics, its own flowers. It's only the jacaranda tree that blooms in, in this beautiful color. Um, and that's how, how we get to um, different, differentiate between them. We we know them by their fruit. We know them by their by their flowers and by their seeds. And the diversity is just simply amazing. And today we're starting a new series um, that is also about fruit, um, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And just as a tree bears its unique fruit or flowers, so does the Holy Spirit in the life of a of a Christian. So. We'll have a look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is just one fruit, but has different attributes, namely nine, nine attributes, of which the first one we'll have a closer look at today, which is, which is love. And uh, the one who introduces to us the, this whole concept or this whole idea of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is Paul in his letter to the Galatians. And um, he writes that letter, and that letter is fire, really, because he, he saw... He's just bashing basically the Galatians for, for yeah, how they have left 
um, the gospel and faith, no, the, the salvation through faith that Paul preached to them, and uh, were deceived by, by, by Jews who came all the way from Jerusalem and preached to them that they need to be circumcised, that they need to follow the law of the Old Testament in order to be saved additionally to Jesus. So what Paul basically does is four or five chapters just tells them, go back to where you came from. Go back to the, the message that we originally preached to you, the salvation through faith. And advocates for freedom that instead of following the law, instead of being circumcised and all that, they should come back to what Paul preached to them, which is salvation through faith and consequently the freedom that we have in Christ. So after dealing with these false teaching, rebuking them, um, telling them you don't have to be circumcised to be saved, but Jesus is enough. He tells them in Galatians 5 verse 1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And then later, Paul describes that this freedom that we have in Jesus, if he's your savior, you are free from the law, you are free from um, punishment, you're free from condemnation, that this freedom doesn't mean that we are allowed or we are to follow every desire the human nature um, creates in us. That doesn't mean that we are free to sin and just walk around however we like, um, indulge in the flesh, how the Bible tells us, um, meaning to say, follow our own human and sinful desires. And then he contrasts that, um, the 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 fruit of the flesh basically with the fruit of the spirit and that's the the passage we're going to read today um and that will stick with us for some few weeks um which is in galatians 5 um verses 16 until 26 so if you've got your bibles um would you read with me galatians 5 16 through 26 i'm reading from the niv translation 16 so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Amen. So in verse 16, Paul sh shares with us that... Um, we are to live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And as a consequence, we will not gratify, as he says, the desires of the flesh, our sinful nature, all the sinful desires every human being has since the fall. 
And what I love about this, this, this opening verse in 16 is that he describes to us that there are not two fronts we have to fight at. But we are only to call to live by the Spirit. I love how he's not saying, live by the Spirit and don't do this. But he's only emphasizing on living by the Spirit and the, um, not following, not gratifying our sinful human desires will come as an effect out of that. Will come almost naturally if we pursue the Holy Spirit and, and walk with Him and live by Him. So the Holy Spirit is given to, to every believer who repents, trusts in Christ, opens themselves for the power of the Holy Spirit and is baptized. And if this is you, you will experience the Holy Spirit working in your life, being your comforter, your helper and friend. And Jesus promised to, to us, to all of us, that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we will also receive him. And recently I was kind of shocked to read um, one of the, some, some verses that I've read so often in my life since, since Sunday school. Um, but then finally realized that it's actually about Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and that is in, in Luke 11, 11 until, through 13, where Jesus says to his disciples and to the people around him, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I don't know, that passage to me was always about God's provision. He gives me the egg that I asked for, you know, the bread that I need. But it's actually talking about the Holy Spirit, God giving us the Holy Spirit if we ask for Him, and that He has good intentions. And just as you fathers wouldn't give your child a scorpion or, or a snake if he asks for bread or an egg or, or for fish, the Lord will also not give us something bad in return. If we ask for the Holy Spirit, He will give Him to us. And I'm glad that the fruit of the Spirit is not called the disciplines of the Spirit. Because I believe that many of us have read that passage before in Galatians. Um, and we're maybe tempted to, to approach these nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit as a command to try harder. As maybe a list of attributes that are not found in us and therefore are just shaming us. We should try harder to be more loving, more, more joyful, more kind, more self, have more self-control. But one thing I realized when preparing, preparing this sermon is that a fruit... Um, that the very nature of a fruit is that a tree can't force it by itself. The mango tree behind me can't just decide in April, okay, let me bear some more fruit again. But its time was, is, is now. It's preparing to, to bear fruit in October, November. A mango tree cannot just decide on its own to bear fruit and try harder to bear more fruit. It depends on certain weather conditions, so we only get to eat them at a certain time a year. That's why we enjoy the jacaranda so much in September and October, but not in January or February. Because they bloom now, that's when the conditions are matching um, what this tree species basically needs. Every tree, every plant, depends on the sufficient amount or the right amount of water, light, air, nutrients, and also space to grow. This is what fuels the growth, not the tree, the plant 
itself, but all these things that the tree needs for its growth. Try planting maize here. <laughs> it's not going to grow because it's not getting what it needs. And this is also how the Spirit works. This is how the fruit of the Spirit works. It's not something that is given to us if we try harder, if, if like given to us as a command that you should be more loving, more joyful. But it is a fruit that grows within us, that is developed by the Holy Spirit himself. And growing a fruit is a process. Just as the mango tree is preparing the whole, thank you, is, is preparing the whole year to bless us now in October and November. Such is the work as well with the Holy Spirit. It's a journey. It's a process in which he grows his fruit in us and we just receive this fruit because we can't try in and of ourselves. That's the nature of a fruit. It's, yeah, it really needs all these different things in order for the fruit to develop. And I believe and I also pray and I've already noticed while preparing this sermon myself that I, I think this, this series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit will lead us as a church, every one of you hopefully, into a time of prayer, individually, in the quiet, at home, or even here, where we ask for a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, for Him to develop this fruit in us, without us trying harder and harder and harder, and yeah, having a guilty conscience because we, we, don't, we, we are not yet there but that we pursue the Holy Spirit to grow this fruit in us as His produce and not ours. I hope this will be a season of prayer for this fruit to develop in us so that others can benefit from it, enjoy it, so we can share it with others because the mango tree doesn't eat the mangoes itself. It's for us to enjoy. And I hope that this sermon today is encouraged an encouragement for each one of you to, to pursue the Holy Spirit and ask for Him to take control in your life and work His fruit in us. So the first attribute that we're going to have a look at today is love. Is love. And just by hearing the word love, maybe you think, yeah, I got that one. Let's move on to the next. You know, maybe we should go over to joy in the times of COVID. <laughs> That's maybe something we are lacking more than, than, than love. Um, Caitlin also mentioned that we're going to have pizza next week, and I believe everybody loves pizza. She does. Right? So we all love something. We love this or that movie, that new song. We love uh, ice cream. We love our spouse, our children. Everybody of us experiences love in one way or the other. Everybody. Even... The, the worst human being ever to, to live on this earth had some love for someone. You know, all these people that are arrested right now because of, um, of misappropriation of funds, corruption, whatever, all these people have people at home who love them. And they have people at home whom they love. Maybe they misappropriated funds or, or stole or whatever because of love. Because they love their family, maybe want to provide for them. Or maybe simply because of the love for money. If our human understanding and definition and experience of love is what we're aiming at when we're asking the Holy Spirit to, to work His love in us, I think we're missing out on what the Holy Spirit really has to offer. Because what we should aim at is love by God's definition, 
And that is different. That's a different kind of love. And his definition of love is actually the one that counts. Why? Because the Bible tells us that God himself is love. He is the definition of love. Jesus was love becoming flesh. And the love that Jesus displayed to us and constantly displays to us is different than the love we have for pizza and ice cream and for, for our spouses. It's a different kind of love. God loves us as, as a creator. He's made every one of us carefully in the womb of our mothers. He loves us and, and knows the number of hair that we have, knows if we hit our toe this morning in the kitchen. He loves watching us. He just loves creating us and, and has, nobody is by mistake. He always loves. In Isaiah 54 verse 10 it says, that God speaking himself, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. He always loves. And he loves the unlovable. As, a, as I said, as, as humans, it's normal that we do experience some kind of love. But that love is very often for people who also love us or have earned our love or have just been born into our love in, in our family. But God and Jesus loves those that are unlovable. And he does so fiercely. Jesus spent so much time with the outcasts of Israel's society that people accused him of being a sinner himself, of being a drunkard and a, and, a, and a glutton, because he just spent so much time with all these people the Pharisees would never even sit next to. He loves the unlovable. And Jesus also described to his disciples in John 15 verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's own life for one's friends. This is the love that he has displayed to every one of us. And I think he even beats his own definition because he died for us while we were still sinners. And we weren't his friends so that we can become his friends. That is the kind of love. And these are just few examples of, of how God's love is. That's the kind of love that the Spirit wants to work in us. And I think if you take a moment, if you just check yourself you, and, and ask yourself what, what or who you love, you'll come to notice that most of the people you love are family and friends. But the love that Jesus displayed and the love the Spirit wants to develop in us as His fruit, that He wants to make, that He wants to grow in us, surpasses all that. Surpasses this, the strongest love we can feel for our spouse and our children. And... While preparing this sermon, it's whenever I preach somewhere, I preach to myself. I think you'll hear that probably every preacher said one day or the other. But it's true. Because in the preparation, in digging deeper into the Word, it's, it's the Spirit revealing truths to you and checking your own heart. And I think while preparing this sermon, He, he really revealed something to me and worked in me. Um, and I just want to share that with you because um, I just hope that each one of you will have this kind of experience when you ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to grow the fruit of love in you. And Because working in, in the education sector, um, as we do in, in, in Zalewa for the underprivileged, the needy in that area, 
there's one thing that frustrates me. Just you can't imagine how much it frustrates me, really. How grieved I always am that I once again hear about a girl being pregnant. You know, because you never hear of a girl being married. You just hear pregnant bus. It's that's it. Just pregnant. And later on you hear of their plight. You hear about their devastation, how their life will never be the same. From that point on about you see all the the fingers pointed, the shame. And you consider the time that you have spent to invest in, in these girls. You know, from maybe form one to form three, about to go to form four, gone. Never to be seen again. And then you hear about these men. You know, because you just hear about the pregnancies, but they come from somewhere, right? They come from somewhere. And you hear about these men, and like literally 90% of the cases, they don't take up their responsibility. At least where we, are fr- where, where we work. Some of them ask the girls to abort. They deny being the fathers. And their lives just go on normally, basically. And we always say that the girl was another gazelle caught by a lion. And the lion continues to roam freely um, looking for other prey. But everybody's blaming the gazelle. Like, why were you caught? Yeah, because the lion is around. You know? uh, and I get so angry at these men. Really, I get so angry at these men. And just last week, we had another case. Another, of our, another one of our girls with us since three, four years, pregnant. The man, a neighbor to our campus, and was notorious for this. It wasn't his first time. Denying the responsibility. The girl having to move into a village in Machinga where her agogo lives. And I, I just came into the office and I told my colleagues that I'm tired that I'm tired of accepting that, that I'm tired that everybody around us accepts that. And I told them that all I wanted to do is go to this man's house together with all our male employees (laughs) and teach this man a lesson. (laughs) To say, why are you messing with our daughters? Like that. And seriously, I was just thinking about beating this man up so that he can't do it again. You know? But now, when, and I had this anger in my heart, really, the, the, the past few days. And in pre- preparing this sermon, I felt like the Spirit planting a little seed, a little plant of love, even for this man. For these men in our village who do these things again and again. And I hope he'll make it grow, and I'll pray that he'll make it grow. And I ended up praying for these men who I was, whom I was just angry at. So that doesn't mean that we'll not do anything about it, that we'll just keep on praying and and not take up our responsibility to do something against this injustice and change the culture in that area. But it means that I won't go there and beat him up. (laughs) But I'll tell Nigel, where is he? (laughs) I'll tell Nigel to do it for me. No. Um, I just know that when we go there, with all our male employees, we'll go there, from a place of love, not of anger. Of love because Jesus died for them just as he died for me. That I'm just as a sinner as these men are who, who constantly do this to, this to our girls. Am I fully there and the Spirit has developed the full fruit yet in me of love for these men? No. 
Am I on a journey? Yes. And I really hope that this is something that you also experience when asking the Holy Spirit for the fruit of love. Because in Matthew 5, verse 43 through 47, it says, You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the kind of love that the the Spirit wants to work in us. I will call it a, a supernatural love because it is not natural to us. We love pizza, yeah, but we don't love these men, right? We don't, unless something happens to us, unless the Spirit works in us. It's kind of supernatural because it exceeds our natural capabilities of loving, but that's exactly the kind of love that the Spirit wants to work in us. And I want to give you one last illustration to, to, to make that point of this supernatural love that the Lord wants to, or the Spirit wants to work in, and want to give us. You know, He wants to be the one working it in us, not us trying harder. It's something that was given to me for this man sitting at my table. Nothing that I exercised for and I prayed for often and so many times again, but something I asked the Spirit and he just gave it to me as his fruit. Um, in 2018, that was the last year we, Johanna and I, got to spend in Germany before coming here, before moving to Malawi. It was the, s- the second hottest summer in Germany ever since records were kept. And the second driest since 1911. And we loved it. We loved it. Because unlike here, you know, you enjoy the heat there because you always envy your the grass is always greener right on the other side we we have so much rain there so you actually enjoy the heat once it's there and you appreciate it a lot so that was like the summer of our lives really no rain great (laughs) well here we are praying for rain we can't wait for rain really (laughs) but 2018 different story in germany we loved it no rain summer heat the sun throughout the year uh, through throughout i think three four five months so for us, it's, it was beautiful. We loved it. We, we rode our bicycles to the lakes and wherever to work and to see our friends. But other people had quite a hard time, especially the farmers who couldn't rely on the rain. It hardly rained really for, for many months, if at all it rained. So they had to irrigate, which was expensive to them and the water levels um, were sinking. So some were suffering, but others were even... We're, we're really benefiting from this extreme summer. For example, all the uh, farmers who had vineyards, they produced the best wine in that year. Um, and so also in our backyard, we had two trees bearing fruit, one cherry tree and one mirabelle or yellow plum tree. So they thrived in the heat because they were also planted next to a stream so they could still get all the water that wouldn't come from above. But so they, was, they, they still had all their supplies and they would just bear enormous amount of fruit during that year, more than ever before. So I would harvest basket after basket of cherries. We'd make uh, jam and we'd give to all our friends basketfuls. It was just too much. We, we, we were, at some point we were tired of eating cherries. It was just too much. But I didn't really like the yellow plum 
I didn't like it at all. I didn't eat it. And my wife just liked it a little bit. So we didn't harvest as much from that tree than from the cherry tree. And then one day when I got home from, from work, I, I heard a big crack. Because the tree with the yellow plum with the mirabelles um, bore so much fruit that um, the gravity and the weight of, of the fruit started to um, pull down the branches, nearly covering the whole, the whole garden, <laughs> like it, impassable because it was just leaning down. And at some point, the weight of its own fruit was too much for it to carry. And the, literally, the whole stem broke in two pieces. <laughs> that tree basically committed suicide. <laughs> like, we had to cut it down. It, it, was, it completely destroyed itself through bearing fruit. Well, we also contributed by not harvesting all the nice fruit it, it tried to give us. Um, probably envied the cherry tree a lot. But, um, yeah, that tree basically killed itself by bearing too much fruit. Too much fruit. And I think the fruit of love that the Spirit wants to give us is kind of similar. He doesn't want to give us as much fruit so that we commit suicide and die and can't take it anymore. No, but what I'm aiming at is that He wants to produce a fruit of love in us if we give Him the opportunity and ask, it, ask for Him. Um, that exceeds our natural capability of loving. Just like this tree bore more fruit than it should be and actually could because it killed itself. It was too much weight for itself. But the one who gives us the fruit, the supernatural love that he wants to give us, will also provide for the strength to carry it and to share it with others. That's the kind of love that God wants to give to us. Not the love of pizza, but the love of how God defines love, that loves the unlovable, that loves always, loves the sinners, and loves unconditionally. It is a love that like, produces crazy actions in us, that we love enemies, that we love, for example, these men that I only had anger for just some few days ago. And one example to me is of, of how f far this love can go if it's produced by the Holy Spirit is um, that example of two German missionaries from the 18th century who were willing and or were on their way to sell themselves to become slaves to minister to the slaves in the Caribbean. They were ready to give their, up their whole freedom, sell them slaves and become slaves forever just to serve these people. That's not a normal love. That's not the love of pizza that we can apply there. It's the fruit of the Spirit that develops this kind of love for us so that we can love others and God in that way. And in our mission, that we, which we repeat every week, we also, have, we, we also state our vision first that we want to awaken a city of hope and we do that by serving the city in love. And I believe that this city will be a city of hope if it is the spirit, the fruit of the spirit kind of love that he gives to us. So coming to our next steps, I, or, or how we can have this sermon practically, how we can pursue um, this fruit of the spirit, the attribute of love in our lives, is um, I would really want to encourage you to, in, in this coming week, to um, 
yeah, take the verse 25 in Galatians 5, 25 to heart, which says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Or as the Good News Bible translates it, the Spirit has given us life, he must also control our lives. But you have to give him that control. You have to keep in step with him. You have to pursue him. And I want to encourage you to do just that in this coming week in prayer. To ask the Spirit to produce this kind of love in you and you will be amazed that he will because yeah, he has more interest to produce that love in you than you have to receive it. And he will gladly give it to you. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Pray for his working in your life next week that he takes control and that he gives you this fruit of love. Because, and I also want to encourage you that it's, it's a journey, it's a process, it's something that might start small, but he will make it grow. We like the quick fixes as, as human beings, you know, and we, maybe we want this, the, the fruit of the spirit like we buy strawberries at Isla Sebasi Road, you know. We're driving, we're not even stopping, and these poor guys, you know, they're running after us and uh, handing in the strawberries in, through the window. You know, you don't put any effort into it. You don't, you don't lose time, you don't even stop, and these guys run after you and give you the strawberries. Um, but I want to encourage you that you pursue the Holy Spirit, and then you don't look for a quick fix to give you the, the full strawberry bundle at once, you know. But expect Him to work supernaturally um, but be ready to to be fed to be nourished by him and to grow and to grow in in developing that fruit of love i want to close with a little story that that max lucado wrote um, and i hope it will encourage you to do just that pursue the holy spirit ask him for his fruit and listen to him <laughs> 